Unsilencing Stories is a podcast that reflects the voices of people in small towns and communities in Canada who have lost loved ones to the toxic drug supply crisis. Since 2016, more than 30,000 people have died from fatal overdoses in Canada, and that number continues to climb. The risk in smaller towns and communities is much higher than in urban areas because of a lack of harm reduction services and stigma against substance use and people who use drugs. This podcast is part of a community-based participatory research project facilitated by Erin Goodman, PhD, a faculty member at Kwatlen Polytechnic University in Surrey, BC, along with students Jenna Keeble and Ashley Pokernich. The aim was to assist collaborators in publicly memorializing their loved ones and expressing grief, as well as challenging silences imposed by dominant media organizations and stigma from society against substance use and people who use drugs. We hope these nuanced stories make a clear why the government needs to be doing more to prevent further deaths. Please note, this podcast contains information about overdose death, grief, and trauma that may be distressing to listen to. In this episode, you will hear Ben Valoon interviewing Amy Goodon in Cranbrook, BC. Amy remembers her friend Brendan, who experienced a fatal opioid overdose. Uh, what is your first and last name? Amy Goodon. And where do you live? Cranbrook, BC. Is there one person? To speak about who died from a overdose. There's a few people. <laughs> the most recent was a friend of mine that we um, we had met in the summer. He was clean for two months and decided to I don't know why, but decided to start using again. We had to Narcan him numerous times when he started using again. And then uh, I guess he decided to go use by himself with no one around. And yeah, he overdosed. And it affected me a lot because, um, I don't know, just because we had gotten so close to him. And can you tell me their first and last name? I don't know what Brennan's last name was. How old was he? Uh, he was early 30s. And where did they live? Cranbrook. Can you describe a moment or time that you shared together? Lots of times, uh, spending time together in the tent and talking about random stuff, like just getting to know each other, basically. you remember most about it? He's, yeah, he's very genuine and sincere and I could just tell by talking to him that he was somebody that I could trust. What was your relationship to them? I was just a good friend. Tell me about them. He was just a really good person. He was really trustworthy. He, he was going through, I guess, a very difficult breakup. And he kept telling people that he didn't want to live anymore. Um, but he definitely didn't deserve to not be here because of that. What is your memory of him? First memory? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we met him at uh, Anchors, actually. Um, 
he was upset because he couldn't get needles. <laughs> and uh, it was him and his girlfriend, and we met them both at the same time. He was, he was really upset and angry, but it wasn't him at all. Like, I, I never, after that time, I never seen him angry like that again. Where's your best memory of him? I lost my phone. I hadn't even known him that long, actually. But I lost my phone, and it was somewhere in the area where we had our tents set up. I told him, I was like, because he could tell that I was upset. So he asked me what was wrong, and I said I lost my phone. He's like, oh, come over here, I have something to show you. And, uh, yeah, he found my phone and gave it back. And he very, very easily could have sold it for drugs. Or, oh, yeah. What is your most vivid memory of them? That was probably just knowing that I could trust him. What did he mean to you? He was just a really good friend. Are you comfortable or can you talk about their death? Well, I think I already said it. He yeah. said it to use by himself and he OD'd. What was the hardest thing about losing them? Just that he was such a good, caring guy and didn't trust very many people, especially in this type of this type of people like the drug scene I guess I could say you can't you just can't trust very many people in the drug scene and he definitely was somebody you could trust what would you ask them if they were here today <laughs> how he was feeling if he was okay like I don't know I didn't think he was really suicidal or anything but like, I knew he was upset about the breakup, but I know I just asked him if he was okay. What do you miss most about them? He was funny. He, he always made us laugh and a lot of things. How do you think they would want to be remembered? As a good person. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about the biggest obstacle they overcame in life? Well, he did quit doing drugs for two months, so I'd say that would probably be it. Is there anything you guys disagreed about, fought over? Um, no, not that I can think of. What was your relationship like? Just a really good friendship. What did he look like? <laughs> tall, really tall. Um, skinny. Dark hair. Did you have any favorite jokes they used to tell? Uh, I can't remember jokes. My life depended on them. <laughs> Do you have any stories you want to share about them? That phone one really sticks up. Cause yeah, that was weird. Him finding my phone and giving it back. That, that was. What were their hopes and dreams for the future? Well, he... Him and his girlfriend, before they separated, they were supposed to be getting an apartment together. Well, buying... Like, was buying... A, pretty much buying a condo together. And... That didn't happen. 
But that nice. was, he was really looking forward to that. Yeah, talked about it lots. How are you different now than you were before you lost him? I was really careful even before it happened, but I'm a lot, a lot more careful now. What is that image of them that has stayed with you? A good one. Just wouldn't, cause we, we hadn't seen them in over two months, but yeah, over two months and we didn't know where he was or what happened or anything. Nobody knew that he actually went and got cleaned. And, and he uh, walked up to uh, the travel lodge and yeah, it was, it was a good feeling to see him. But at the same time, I knew why he was there. Find drugs. Do you have any traditions yet to honor them? Not yet, because it just it just happened. What has helped you the most in your grief? Uh, you, you helped me the most. What are the hardest times? Just knowing that he's not gonna be around. Like I'm like, oh, we should, you know, see what Brennan's doing, and then I'm like, oh yeah, he's not here. <laughs> yeah. Did you call him any nicknames or terms of endearment? I don't think so. Did they have a nickname for you? I can't remember, did he? I think he, he just... Have. He had a good sense of humor, that's for sure. Yeah. I don't know, he might have called me Ames or something. Yeah. I can't remember exactly. Is there any particular lesson you learned from them? Just... Obviously, don't use them alone. Always make sure there's somebody around. Just try not to get too down on yourself. If something does happen like that, like like him, him and his girlfriend breaking up or losing a life is not worth that. How long did you know? Probably about at least seven months, hey? What do you think they valued most in life? His girlfriend. What words would you use to describe their character, his character? Um, witty. You never tell him he was joking around. Yeah, yeah. he was always joking yeah. around. He was yeah. very witty. And How would you describe their personality? <laughs> witty, funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He... He had a good sense of humor. What was your laugh like? <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it was a good laugh. Do you have any funny times you spent together? He <laughs> actually, yeah. He'd always, uh, when we had our tent set up, he'd always, because um, there was sand, there was sand all around the tent, <laughs> and he'd always, uh, bury his drugs and sometimes he'd forget to mark where it was or even he would mark where it was and he still couldn't find it so there'd be like holes dug all over the place. <laughs> Did they ever discuss big decisions they made that impacted their life? I know he wishes that he would have went with his girlfriend instead of staying in the tent that day because that's the day that he 
she lost her. If you knew me, could drop by and maybe tomorrow, tomorrow, would you like to go? Did you spend together look like? Just hanging out, talking, and walking around. Was yeah. there a piece, piece of clothing or something else they wore that you found distinct them or separates them from others? I just remember him always being in a hoodie and jeans. How did he impact your life? Gave me hope that not everyone in a drug scene is untrustworthy as it feels like they are. How will you honor their memory? Keep them in my heart and hopefully they they never had a funeral for him, so that was kind of hard. What do you wish you had said to them before they died? A lot. Just to stay safe and not, not use alone. That he was a really good friend. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Unsilencing Stories podcast. To listen to more interviews in the series, please go to www.unsilencingstories.com. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on the episode, message us at unsilencingstories at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and please share the project of other people you know.